Michael Swickard here. Welcome to Enchanting People of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our award-winning Hatch Green and Red Chili is from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, the chili capital of the world. Every Monday and Friday, we have regular historical and cultural podcasts about New Mexico. Wednesdays, like today, we celebrate people important to our area. One day, one day back in the 1980s, when I was doing a two-year history project about events that happened in New Mexico and people, I was asked about the Carson National Forest in northern New Mexico. This person said, I thought Johnny Carson was from The Tonight Show and was from Nebraska. Why is the Carson National Forest in New Mexico named for him? Well, there's two answers. Yes, Johnny Carson is from Nebraska, though he was born in Iowa. However, the Carson National Forest in northern New Mexico was not named for Johnny Carson. Rather, it was named for Kit Carson, who was one of the most important and interesting people in New Mexico at that time. Before we talk about Kit, we should note that the Carson National Forest was established in 1908, long before Johnny Carson was born, and was a combination of the Taos National Forest and part of the Jemez National Forest. One last thought about Johnny Carson. I was asked if he served in the military during World War II, and I knew this. I said, yes, he was an ensign on the USS Pennsylvania. That's battleship number 38, not the USS New Mexico battleship 40. But the New Mexico was part of the Pennsylvania-class battleships that were constructed in the 19-teens. They were all in the Pacific theater operation in World War II. We're really going to talk about Kit Carson. But before, <laughs> since I mentioned the Carson National Forest in northern New Mexico, I need to tell you about, are you ready for this? Project Gas Buggy. Gas Buggy, all one word. That's the name. In 1967, in the Carson National Forest, scientists from the Lawrence Livermore Radiation Laboratory and the El Paso Natural Gas Company, with funding from the Atomic Energy Commission, tried a fracking experiment. They tried this 21 miles southwest of Dulce, New Mexico, 54 miles east of Farmington. Now, they drilled down 4,200 feet to place a 29-kiloton device to explode. Why would they do that? Well, the experiment in getting natural gas out of the ground, this was before hydraulic fracturing technologies, and the idea was to a big explosion. It would release the natural gas in sandstone. They did three tests, one in New Mexico, two in Colorado, and it was called Operation Plowshare a program intending to find peaceful uses for nuclear explosions. Now, after much thought, and luckily it was thought, they decided it was a bad idea. But that was Operation Gas Buggy. Okay, I'm going to talk about Christopher Houston Carson, Kit Carson. Before I get into the details of his amazing life, we must talk quietly about the good and the bad in all historical figures whether they're in New Mexico or in our country. Regardless of whomever we are discussing, it seems someone can always find dirt to spread. To my way of thinking in this historical podcast, I think of the biblical 
Proverbs 11:27. Anyone can find the dirt in someone, be the one that finds the gold. Well, that's my task here in this podcast to show why Kit Carson, a man who died 155 years ago, is still an honorable citizen of New Mexico, and he was important to us then and now. Kit Carson was a 19th century frontiersman, wilderness guide, Indian agent, and army officer who in the 19th and 20th century was a media legend. There was so much written about Carson during his lifetime and unfortunately after. That simply is not so. He himself did not like the media crush of stories, and he never told, well, he didn't really tell people, but friends, he liked the wilderness. He liked the wide open spaces. You might say he was a solitude abuser, spending long stretches of time away from people. When interviewed later in his life, he disputed the exaggerated claims of his exploits. But most newspapers of the day, even till now, they sold more copies of his lies than the truth. The lies sell better than the truth. Now, here's the truth. Kit Carson was a Christmas Eve baby. We just did Conrad Hilton. He was a Christmas baby, but no. Kit Carson was a Christmas Eve baby, being born December 24, 1809, near Richmond, Kentucky. His father had, are you ready for this, 15 children, five by the first wife who died and 10 more from the second wife. Kit's father, Lindsey Carson, he farmed a lot, built cabins, was a veteran of the Revolutionary War, and he also fought in the War of 1812. He and his family relocated to Missouri, a town called Boone's Lick, and bought land from the sons of Daniel Boone. In 1818, unfortunately, a tragedy happened to the Carson family when Lindsey Carson died after a tree limb fell on him. A decision a few years later had Kit, as a young teenager, to be apprenticed to a saddle maker in Franklin, Missouri, which was both good and bad. That was the eastmost end of the Santa Fe Trail at that time. Many of the customers to the shop were trappers and traders of the area west of there, and Kit Carson was fascinated by the stories he heard. So, in August 1826... Uh, at at 16 years of age, uh, he decided against his mother's wishes that he would abandon his apprenticeship and join a caravan of travelers and, and trappers headed to Santa Fe, New Mexico. They arrived safely in November of 1826, and Kit Carson's schooling about the wilderness and all that it had to teach was going full speed. His job on the way to Santa Fe was to take care of the animals and generally help in anything needed, which he did gladly. Over the next couple of years, Kit Carson learned many of the lessons needed to be uh, someone out in the wilderness, the trade languages, which included Spanish and several of the Plains Indians' languages. When Kit Carson was 20 years of age, he truly stepped into the role of mountain man and traveled in the mountains with men like Jim Bridger. He spent time in Taos, New Mexico, and went on trips to places like the Gila River in southwestern New Mexico, where his party had to battle the Apache warriors who fought them. 
over 10 years, he had many of these expeditions. He had many of these battles, which in our 21st century eyes were unfair to the Native American tribes of the Southwest. We know from many sources that the life of a mountain man was not very good, not very easy. It was hard, cold work with lots of dangers. In fact, he was the doctor for himself when he was wounded in a number of the battles. But the greatest enemy Kit Carson had and was afraid of was grizzly bears. And he tells in one of his something he wrote that uh, it was the first time he was truly scared when grizzly bears came into camp and everyone had to run for their lives. Now I'm touching the high points of his amazing life in just 15 minutes. Further reading is called for if you're interested in Kit Carson and his story. He did a lot of historic things. In 1841, Kit Carson was hired to work out of Bent's Fort in southeastern Colorado, which in its time, for about 10 years, traded with travelers and Native Americans of the Cheyenne and Arapaho tribe. Kit, Kit Carson did a little of everything in hunting, guiding, whatever he was doing. John Charles Fremont, you may have heard of him, did five explorations in the 1840s and was guided for four of them by Kit Carson looking at areas in California and Oregon. Charles Fremont wrote reports and mapped the Oregon Trail encouraging people to come west. He said it before anybody else did, go west, young man, go west. During the Mexican-American War in 1846, Kit was a scout and courier. The Mexican-American War was a very low spot in the history of our country. As was noted in the writings of both Robert E. Lee and Ulysses S. Grant when they wrote about their, their Civil War memoirs, they both talked about looking back at the evil of the Mexican-American War with shame. In 1847, most people don't know about this, there was something called the Taos Revolt when members of the Taos tribe killed the first civilian United States governor, Charles Bent. Remember Bent's Fort? The revolt happened in the New Mexico Territory after it was conquered by Stephen Watts Kearney in September of 1846. The revolt was put down, but there's an interesting connection. Charles Bent, in 1835, married Maria Jaramillo, who was born in Taos. Now, Maria's younger sister, Josefetta, she later married Kit Carson. So, Kit Carson was the brother-in-law of the first U.S. governor of New Mexico, and Kit wasn't in Taos when Governor Bent was attacked and killed. In 1854 to 1861, Kit Carson's connections and his understanding of Native American culture caused him to be appointed federal Indian agent for the Ute and the Hickorya Apaches. It was during this time that various Publishers tried to get Kit Carson to write his memoirs. At one time, they finally got him to dictate some, but what really happened was the writers of the day just wrote dime store novel material that Kit Carson hated. Now, during the American Civil War in the New Mexico area, Confederate soldiers came north from El Paso through Las Cruces and headed north. They pushed aside and defeated all of the Union soldiers initially. Then invading Confederate soldiers tried to take Fort Craig, which is nowadays it's west of the very top of the Elephant Butte uh, Lake upper end. If you go to the west, it was out there. 
At the time, it was the largest fort in the West. It had many soldiers, but a lot of them had already left. And there, they had the two-day Battle of Valverde in 1862, which was fought somewhat to a draw with the Union forces. Kit Carson had gotten a bunch of volunteers to come, and he was one of the commanders. They held the fort, and there was no way that the Confederates could dislodge him. And it, uh, eventually, the inability to take the fort left the Union soldiers in a perfect position to attack the Confederate supply line was up and down the Rio Grande River. Now, the Confederates made it as far as Santa Fe, and just east of Santa Fe was Glorieta. They had a battle there where they got whipped, and they had to flee back down the Rio Grande to, uh, to El Paso and into Texas. Kit Carson's leadership and his volunteers were essential to the Union overall victory. Carson was married three times, had ten children. That's a lot of birthdays to remember. He died in 1868 at age 59. But in death, he became larger than life as the symbol of America's frontier experience. Yeah, there were many statues and monuments and celebrations in his name. In fact, the Carson National Forest, and more. He did serve New Mexico in many ways over the years, and no, Carson National Forest was not named for Johnny Carson. It was Kit Carson. Michael Swickard, Enchanting People of New Mexico. Every Wednesday we do a podcast about people who were special to New Mexico. Hit subscribe if you'd like to get these automatically and we were talking about Kit Carson. We've talked about a number of them. You can go back and look for them. We had Conrad Hilton and a lot of other people. I want to tell you about something on the shelves of the Fresh Chili Company. It's Hatch Sweet Onion Dressing. Now, everyone knows that the Hatch Valley is renowned for its chili, but now they're being renowned for the sweet onions. Sweet onions are onions that aren't as pungent, but they do have a great taste. The Hatch Sweet Onion Dressing combines Hatch Sweet Onions with avocado oil and our very own green chili Dijon mustard. It creates a dressing that is so good you can marinate, baste with it, douse your salads. I think it is just wondering. Other products that are kind of new, there's a local honey with Hatch Red Chili that's great on biscuits. French fries are ever so much better if you have Hatchup. Now that's the Fresh Chili Company's Hatchup, which is ketchup with Hatch Red Chili. So you can definitely do that. You can go by the gift shop. It is open Monday through Saturday, Fresh Chili Company gift shop, 1160 El Paseo Road, Suite D7A in Las Cruces, open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Michael Swickard here. This is Enchanting People of New Mexico. Thank you for your time today. We will always have lots of news and stories about New Mexico for you on these podcasts. If you have something you want me to talk about in a future podcast, someone that you would like me to talk to or talk about, write to michael at freshchilico.com, michael at freshchilico. So uh, you can find out somebody you'd like me to talk about in uh, important to our little slice of paradise. Have a great rest of your day. Oh yes, and eat plenty of that good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili is good, more is better. Bye for now.